from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where sports meets life inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. And, of course, we're on Facebook Live with you on Facebook.com backslash live now. DT. And with that being said, we have a trio of Syracuse Orange men's basketball alumni joining us this week. And during conference tournament week, I, I've done this for the last few seasons here and at least the last four seasons or so. And that is have alumni on all throughout the entire tournament, whether Syracuse wins or loses. We have Syracuse support here on the broadcast talking about the team college basketball in general and obviously getting into what's going on in their lives and how they're doing and and everything that's going on right now. So with that being said, our second guest of this trio today is Eric Devendorf of Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball History. You know him from that six-overtime game up against UConn. And damn it, we all wanted that shot to be, to you know, before that 6 OT, we wanted that shot to be the shot that ended it all. And we'll talk about that and so much more here with Eric Devendorf this morning. And also a father of, of two girls. We'll talk about, you know, being a dad and what that's like and, and everything because obviously there's more important stuff that goes outside of basketball. So with that being said, we welcome him to the show. Eric, how are you doing today? Dan, I appreciate you having me. I'm good. And, you know, you, you've gotten to do a lot in this community. I remember the conversation when you and I were talking and you said, hey, I think Jim Beheim might have an opportunity for me on the staff. I, I might have something coming up here. And then within a couple of weeks, you were on the staff, you're working with the team. I know that you've been in the community, you know, doing different drives to, you know, help out people that, that need aid here. I know that you did a coat drive and all these different pieces to help people out in central and upstate New York that really didn't have a voice and you've been a voice for Flint, Michigan. You you have obviously taken care of your daughters. You've kind of been all you've been with Bayheim's Army. I mean you, you've done so many different things, Eric. So what drives you? Because you wherever wherever there's need, you seem to go there and if there isn't a voice or there isn't something started, like a drive to try and bring some stuff in, you you've been adamant about creating opportunities to help people out and I'd love to just hear where that all comes from. I mean, it's just, I think it's just me wanting to make a positive impact, um, you know, not only for, for my family, but for, for my community. And then I think when you start, you know, you start small and you start local, um, it can just expand out because, you know, somebody will be touched by that and then they'll carry it on and, um, and, and take it wherever they go. So just me wanting to be a positive impact and, um, and, and it feels good. It feels good when you're able to help somebody, whether it's, you know, teaching somebody, um, you know, how to play basketball or, or it's helping somebody get some new shoes or, or get a haircut for school. So, you know, all those things mean a lot to me. And, um, you know, it, it feels good when you're able to, you know, uh, bring smiles to families' faces and, uh, you know, little kids' faces who uh, may not have the opportunity to, um, you know, get into a camp or play basketball or, on the other hand, you know, may not have the opportunity to, to get some new shoes or a new coat. So, um, you know, all that, um, you know, really, really makes me feel good inside and, 
um, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about helping other people at the end of the day. I know uh, we all get caught up in, you know, our daily lives and, um, and, and that's normal as human beings. You know, I think we have that gene in us where, um, you know, we're selfish and sometimes we, you know, we have to be selfish for ourselves, but at the same time, um, what it's really about is impacting others and, and helping other people. And, um, and I think that's the definition of real success. And, and as I get older and, um, I start to find, I, st- I started to find that out a lot more. Um, and as I continue to do more, um, it, it was just kind of, you know, everything was kind of just piling on and, and I was trying to, um, you know, continue it. And, um, that's what I'm going to continue to do going forward. Yeah, coming here from Eric Devendorf this morning. And Eric, you know, the the Flint water crisis was something that you and I spoke about here on the show. You were pretty adamant about that and, and helping where you could there. Uh, how how connected do you stay to that? I mean, I, I obviously know you have a connection to, you know, the state of Michigan in general. So how much do you stay connected to it now? Has anything gotten better? Have you kind of kept tabs on on that, since I know that that was one of the uh, important pieces of the last few years of your life, was to not only help the people there, but to build awareness for it around the country. Yeah, I think I think more so it was about you know building the awareness and trying to um, bring light to the situation that's going on. I know that you know they're still going through that situation. Obviously, it runs way deeper than um, than we know. It's it's got to be a, a government thing or an estate thing. They got to come in and and want to fix the issue. But I think, you know, for me and uh, for all the other people, it was just about bringing awareness to the situation and hopefully they can speed up that process. So um, they're still going through it. Um, You know, I know a lot of people there are are still trying to bring, you know, awareness, even though it's been, you know, five, six years, um, you know, since we had that event, but um, it's still going, it's still going on, but it's still going on in a lot of places, you know? So um, just trying to bring awareness to the, um, things that need to be hurt, you know, um, a lot of people are out here struggling and, and don't have a lot. So, um, you know, I think for people like me and you, and, and, you know, we're pretty grateful to have the things that we have and have the opportunities that we have. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of bring awareness, um, you know, to the situations and, and to the people who really need help. And, um, you know, I've been trying to do the best I can and, um, you know, hopefully we can continue it. Speaking here with Eric Devendorf, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. Uh, Eric, for you, coming from Bay City, Michigan, uh, you say, you know, helping out people to, to give them shoes that they may not have the opportunity to get or a coat, you know, a new coat to, to go into school with to keep them warm, obviously, in the winter and whatnot. Do you see, I mean, when you go back to your days being in Bay City, Michigan, do you see yourself in any of these kids that you're helping? Is that something that maybe is reflective for you? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I was in that situation as well. I mean, uh, you know, growing up, I was pretty fortunate, and I always had food on the table and clothes on my back. Um, but, but you know, these kids were in the same situation as me. You know, I remember growing up, um, you know, being at basketball camp, listening to listening to the coaches speak speak to me, kind of the same stuff that I'm speaking to these kids now. Um, so, absolutely. I mean, all these kids, they just need the opportunity, and they just need uh, for someone to believe in them. And, and I think um, that goes a long way. Once once a child really starts to believe in himself and, and, and gets motivated to do something, um, that can make all the difference in the world. What I mean for you, what continues to motivate you to come up with these ideas and these, you know, the, these these different things that you can do, these avenues that you can build? Why keep doing it? Why keep expanding your horizon and pushing yourself to help out people that you don't even know? 
well, again, I'm, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a platform that Syracuse basketball gave me. Um, and in this community, you know, um, you know, I'm pretty well known. So I, I want, I'll try to use that um, to make a positive impact. And, um, you know, I have connections all over the country just through basketball. And, and like I said, basketball has given me an unbelievable platform to be able to use my voice in, in a positive way. And um, it's, it's just about helping others, man. That's that's what it comes down to. Um, that's I, that's what I believe, you know, we're, we're put on this earth for is to help each other and to figure out a way to come together and, and make things better. So I'm just kind of trying to play my part and play my role and, and help out the best I can um, with whatever it is, whether it be through through a basketball camp and or or, you know, uh, you know, giving out coats and shoes and, and things like that. So I'm just trying to continue to help and, and uh, you know, push the positivity forward. And coming here from Eric Devendorf this morning on Wake Up Call, a, a former player but also a former member of the staff. Eric, when you look back on your time at Syracuse as a staff member, just what you know your take was on that angle and and being able to help athletes come through a program that you came through. Now that you could be reflective, hindsight twenty twenty, as we're here in the year twenty twenty. Ironically, what what's it like for you to look back? on those moments where you were a member of the staff and you got to sit on that sideline and, and see the players of today, obviously try to figure things out and, and find, find success for themselves. I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. I mean, I, you know, I played and then to be able to see it from the other side, the other perspective of coaching is, and, and then, you know, let alone with the hall of famer is, uh, you know, pretty unbelievable experience. So just grateful um, to be able to sit in those meetings with Coach Bayheim and learn and, and soak everything up. And, and, you know, it's helped me going forward just, you know, how to deal with kids. And because, you know, I've been on the coach's side and, and also, you know, I, I was a player who, who's been through it. So um, it helps me relate more. Um, and then and then with the coaching side, it, it, it helps me with the teaching aspect. So, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to share that um, and, and pass it down to these kids. And, you know, every kid's not going to get touched by it, you know, but, you know, if I have 20 kids and, you know, I can impact, you know, 10 or 11 or even one, you know, that, that's the difference that, that we made. So uh, just continuing to try to pass it down and, you know, all these experiences that I've, that I've been able to go through, um, you know, being on staff at Syracuse, being on staff at Detroit Mercy, and then obviously having played, um, you know, that, that, that all goes into what I'm doing now. And to see, I mean, it's got to be surreal for you. You're, you're, you're a young man, you know, you're not – old by any stretch of the imagination, but Buddy Beheim's on the court now. A few years, it seems like just a few years ago, at least for me, he was running around with his friends in the Carrier Dome during the game. How surreal is that for you to see him, not only, you know, as a as a young man that's, that's in college, but to be on the court, to be representing Syracuse, to, and then to obviously have the moments that he's had where he, you know, he, he's been able to take over some of the games here. How surreal is that to remember a, a little kid running around who's now out there running around, but he's on the court, he's got the jersey, and he's making his own moves in college basketball? Well, I, I'm real close with Buddy. I mean, that, that's like my little brother. So, and, I, and, and I've known him since he was a little kid. And, and you know, I remember watching him you know, grow up playing in high school. And, um, you know, just the improvement from year to year with him is, is pretty amazing. You know, if people really understood where he started and, and, you know, what type of player he was at the beginning until now, 
um, you know, it's mind blowing. It just goes to show you, you know, all the hard work that he's put in. He's one of the hardest workers I know. He's, he's in the gym, win or loss. If he misses a shot, misses all his shots, or he makes all his shots, he's he's in the gym, you know, putting in that extra work. And um, you know, I, I think um, obviously, you know, the Syracuse fan base, the expectations are always going to be super high. Um, but that kid has improved drastically, even from you know freshman year this year. Um, you know, just putting the ball down the ground a little bit better. Um, and knowing the game better, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, especially for me because, um, you know, I'm super close from, with him, like I said. So um, it, it makes me happy to see the success that he's having. And it's just going to keep getting better going forward because I know that what type of work he puts in. You know this fan base. Uh, speaking here with Eric Devendorf, a former Syracuse player, you, you know the fan base. You know how they are. You know sometimes – uh, they will be in the Carrier Dome booing their own players. You know, sometimes they're they're the loudest ones when it comes to cheering. And, you know, this year they broke the, you know, they had seven, the top seven attendance records in all of college basketball. So nobody got even close to the Syracuse Orange. But sometimes it's rough. And uh, Trevor Cooney went through, you know, that. Tyler Roberson in recent history went through that. Buddy's heard all different types of things under the sun you know, from, I mean, the things I don't even want to repeat about uh, about why he's playing and it's only because of his dad, this, that, whatever. How? What type of advice would you give to players that have to deal with negativity in this day and age? And then secondly, what type of advice would you give to fans when you hear them say some of these things? What, what would you maybe suggest to a fan? Well, I mean, uh, obviously it comes with it, right? I mean, that's just a part of the territory when you play college sports when you I mean now even high school sports now um but when you play high school college and you know professional sports there's always going to be someone to critique you um and be critical of you I mean that's just that's just how it goes it comes with the territory so uh, what I always tell the players is you know you just got to know this going in I mean it's a part of it you know it's it comes with your job it comes with what you do um so you know you you got to be able to block it out and, and just expect it you know and the biggest thing is continue to get your work in, continue to um, get those extra hours in the gym, and, and, and that's what's going to really help you. You can't really worry about the distractions. And it's tough, man, because social media is so big now. I mean, even back when I when I was playing, it wasn't as big. Um, but, but now it's it's everywhere, you know, and, and, and you know the guys are checking it. Um, they're looking at what's being said. So, I mean, it can be hard, but, you know, my advice to them is just to continue to work hard, you know, expect it, know that that's what it comes with being a – you know, a, a college athlete, you know, and, and if you're lucky enough to go on and play professionally, it'd probably get even worse. So, um, you know, continue to work hard and, and uh, keep your head down and regardless, good or bad, um, you got to stay level headed. And, and as far as the fans go, I think um, they got to understand, you know, um, you know, how hard this stuff is to be able to balance, you know, going to class and then um, the expectations of performing on the court and in practice every single day. And then, they don't see the, um, you know, the unseen hours of these guys working by themselves in the gym, getting shots up, you know, um, you know, they're skipping all the stuff maybe regular students would do, you know, going to parties and things like that because um, they're in the gym. They got a weightlifting session or, you know, you know, the spring break that, you know, regular college students get, we don't get um, because, you know, we're playing basketball. And that same thing with, with Christmas break and Thanksgiving break. These guys are sacrificing all these time away from their family and friends um, you know, for one common goal. So I think if a fan can really step back and look at it like that, and, and obviously, you know, they might for a second, but then they're going to go back to doing what they do. Um, but it, it's hard for these kids a lot of the time, man. It's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So 
um, to be able to know that maybe they could kind of, you know, put themselves in, in, in these players' shoes for a minute uh, and maybe that could help them kind of realize it a bit. But again, it just comes with the territory of, of college sports. So um, you just got to get used to it and you got to know that's what it is. You know, and Eric, for you, how did you, you know, deal with it? Because, you know, there's people have opinions and, and thoughts and whatnot. And I know you and I have spoken about it before, but people make judgment calls about total strangers. And, you know, you were a part of that. I've been a part of that. I'm sure my mom, my dad, you know, your family, your kids growing up. I mean, people are going to hold opinions of people that they don't even know. I always say when somebody doesn't even know your middle name yet, they think that they know exactly who you are and can talk about it. How did you handle that? Not just as a player, but as a human being to know that, you know, people have opinions of you. And when you're in a spotlight, I mean, it's one thing to be a person in the world and people are going to have opinions, you know, ex-girlfriends and friends and teachers and people that you come across in, in everyday life are going to have opinions. But when you're playing this sport or you're coaching this sport, even more people you're exposed to. So even more people could have an opinion. How did you handle that? And, and how did you grow through it to be able to be in a place where you could educate some other people on, on positive ways to think of yourself and, and to, to obviously handle what's going on out there? Well, I mean, I, I was, um, you know, subject to it at a young age just in, in high school, you know, uh, you know, playing at a super high level in high school and then going to Oak Hill. Um, I was always critiqued, you know what I mean? So I was used to it. You know, when I got to college, obviously it, it stepped up a little bit. But um, yeah, at times you sit back and you wonder why people would say these things. Um, but again, you know, I was a pretty thick skinned kid, so I, I wasn't really worried about that. I was just I was worried about, you know, taking care of my business on the court. Um, and, and did I mess up a car? Absolutely. We, we all go through our ups and downs. Um, but the biggest thing is how, how can we rebound and recover from those things? And um, I think that's what I try to tell these guys. You know, you're going to make mistakes. That's the inevitable. You're, if you don't make mistakes, something's wrong. You know what I mean? So um, to be able to go through those mistakes but learn from those mistakes and, and get better from those mistakes, that's that's the big goal right there. And, uh, again, it, it comes with the territory. Um, you know, and, and as, as I get older, um, you know, I start to realize that, uh, you know, these people don't know you, you know, and they're, they're speaking from, you know, their passion. You know, they want to see the Syracuse basketball team do great. And, and when, you know, we're struggling or going through some ups and downs, they're going to, you know, let their feelings be known. And, and, and I understand that. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you just got to understand that, um, you know, as a fan, you know, as, from a fan standpoint, you got to understand their passion. You know what I mean? So um, if you can take a step back, um, as a player and realize that and then also for, as, a, as a fan take a step back and, and realize you know the day to day that these players are going through and, and the work that they're putting in so um, it comes with the territory I mean uh, it's something that you don't want to put too much energy into you know you, you just want to make sure that you can uh, um, stay as positive as you can um, and then I think when you when you do that the more you, you try to think and stay positive uh, the more consistent it's going to be that coming here from Eric Devendorf this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. Eric, before we get into this year's team and what's going on right now with the current Syracuse Orange men's basketball team, I wanted to get into a few different pieces. You were a part of something this week called uh, Team Ozzy that you got to do, and, and I wanted to open that up 
and, and kind of let you speak on that a little bit. I saw the picture on Facebook. Obviously, you were there with uh, with a couple of Syracuse uh, alumni as well in support of someone in our community and in, and in Liverpool, New York, and, and just what you could say about it and the importance of it and kind of who it was for. Yeah, so, so it was for Ozzy. He was um... – he was actually a 36-year employee at the at the Liverpool School District, and he, he suffers from um, ALS. So um, they they got together, um, and the whole it really was the whole Liverpool School District got together and um, you know put this event together for him, a charity basketball game. And then they had you know um, uh, raffles after, so I think they raised like seventeen thousand dollars. So it was it was awesome to be a part of. Just uh, it was. Um, we had some teachers, and then myself, Ryan Blackwell, and Preston Shumper. We we played against the Syracuse Stallions, so um, it was just a pretty cool event to have everybody involved and have everybody come around and support um, Ozzy, who um, you know obviously is going through some tough times. But you know, just being able to see him and his family um, have those smiles on their on their faces for for that moment, uh, it was pretty special. And um, I know it was special to him, and it was just great to be a part of. And keeping with you know that you know the, the the connection and the bonds that you have here in the community, you've gotten to be uh, someone in the community that you know you get to be a dad and 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 to not only have experienced this as a kid growing up, but now your kids are growing up and you get to see your daughters experience this community and and be around it. So I mean, what can you say about what it's like to be a dad and and how you know that angle is for you? to have been in Syracuse as a young kid and now you have, you know, these little girls that are fine in their own way, just what that's like. Well, it's challenging being a parent, you know, it's, you, you got a lot of worries and you just want to make sure everything goes, goes right. But again, you got to kind of let them do their own thing and learn on their own, make mistakes on their own. And then you're, you're there to kind of guide them through the process. But, um, you know, it, it's the best thing ever to be able to see um, your children succeed and, and, and go through the ups and downs and figure it out. You know, I mean, that's that's what that's what life is about. You know, being able to pass it down um, and, and help this this younger generation um, learn and and, and kind of not run into what you ran into. Maybe the mistakes that that I ran into, I could kind of you know give my girls a heads up or whoever it is, give them a heads up so that when they run into that same situation, you know, they know how to handle it. So um, it, it's tough, but it's it's uh it's super rewarding. You know, it's um they they definitely give me a run for my money, but um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything in the world for it because um, those are, those are my motivations to, to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, and uh, you know, they changed my life. When you know, when they were born, they changed my life for the better. It, it really put me in, in, a, in a whole different direction. And um, you know, I'm super grateful. To be a dad, like you said, it's challenging. It can be scary at times. What have you learned about yourself being a father, and and what? And what what that side of it, because you don't know it until you know it. And you might have a parent tell you, you know, this is how you see it or this is something that happens. And then you're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to happen. And then it happens. Do you have any memories growing up of somebody telling you, like, wait until you're a parent. And now you find yourself maybe going through a daily routine with the girls. And then it, you just stop and kind of smirk and say, I get it now. Oh, man, my mom used to tell me it all the time. Like all all the time, I could I could see her face now. She she used to you know because I you know I wasn't the easiest kid to deal with, but um you know I just remember her telling me that, and then you know going through situations with my girls, um, you know my oldest she act, she acts just like I did when I was young. So um, you know it, it's it's definitely um, 
you know, times where, where I sit back and you'd be like, man, she was definitely right. Or even, you know, just talk to her about it and say, man, you were, you were a hundred percent right. And that goes true with, um, you know, with all parents, man, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, you heard it from your mom or other people who heard it from their parents that wait till you have your own kids, you'll, you'll find out. And, um, you know, that's a hundred percent true. Um, but again, it's, um, it's, it's helped me develop patience and, you know, how, how to, you know, how to go about, um, you know, having these girls develop and, and, and learn more. And, you know, you got to tweak things along the way because, you know, you might try something and, you know, that might not as work as much as, as something else. So, you know, as they're learning, I'm learning how to deal with it. You know what I mean? So it's it's good for my growth as a, as a person and a human being. And, um, you know, I, again, I wouldn't change it because, you know, these girls have changed my life for the better. And, um, you know, I think anything worth it or, or, or anything that is great, um, never comes easy. So um, it, it's just that um, these challenges that were laid ahead for me, it, it was a part of my path and my journey to be able to um, become and grow uh, into a greater person. That coming here this morning from Eric Devendorf. Always appreciate where sports meets life tagline for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And every time I get to talk to Eric on the show, he embodies this uh, truly. Uh, Eric, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't speak with you on what's currently going on in the world of Syracuse athletics. This team, 17 and 14 in the regular season. I had them around here, 17, 18 wins is what I kind of anticipated this year and uh, before the season started. And, and this is where we're at. You know, I've seen this team really just fight and look uh, look more like a family than last year. Uh, really together, cohesive. They they hate losing. Uh, they don't put the blame on anybody. They they put it on themselves. There's been a a lot that I've seen from the locker room that you know a lot of people don't get to see. So, what's your overall assessment of this team? What can you say about how they've been playing and what they've been doing? Because I don't think 17 and 14 adequately represents how hard they're fighting, and what they're trying to accomplish. But maybe you have a different view. Maybe you feel the same. I just don't think 17 and 14 adequately shows where this team is at, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. No, I mean, I agree. This team has fought super hard throughout the season, and we can go back and look at some games um, where we definitely should have won. I mean, it could have been three, four, five games where we could have won, and then you look at the games where, you know, Elijah missed at North Carolina State, and then, um, you know, the second half of Miami, you know, we'd have won those games with him in there. But the biggest thing that I've seen is this team improve. You know, they progress throughout the year. You know, we go to the beginning against Virginia when they, you know, they had a bad showing and everybody was like, oh, we're going to be in for, a, you know, for a long year. Um, you know, but but since then, these guys have progressed and they figured it out. Um, and, and it's not the most talent we have for a Syracuse team, not at all. But I think, you know, these guys have continued to fight and, and, and they never laid down. Um, you know, they never um, held their head. Um, they never made excuses. Uh, and like you said, they continue to fight. They progressed. They got better. Um, you've seen players individually get better throughout the year. I mean, we could talk about Brahma in the last five, six games, how, how he's improved. And so you got to look at the positive. I know it's so easy to, you know, pick out the negatives. And, and obviously, again, as a Syracuse fan base, the expectations are so high. We're not used to 17, you know, 18 wins. We're used to 20-plus and, and then, you know, competing in, in the NCAA tournament. But, um, you know, again, being a coach and being a player, now I'm, I'm looking at it from a, from a coach's perspective. Uh, this team has really progressed, and um, they've continued to get better. Um, they've stayed together. Um, they, they haven't, you know, you know, pointed anyone out uh, um, and, you know, kind of leave anyone hanging. Um, so that's that's some positive stuff that you like to see as a coach. And, 
you know, going into tonight. They just need to continue to um, fight and, and um, you know, leave it all out there. And I think that if they do that, they're definitely going to give themselves a chance. Yeah, you know, and and, uh, and a final piece here. I mean, they're playing North Carolina, who they just played uh, very recently as the last home game in the Dome. A couple a couple thoughts here on the Dome. Number one, this, this Dome has not looked different since 1980. I mean, there's been some things that have been addressed inside with the video boards and the ribbon boards and whatnot, but the Dome is getting a facelift, getting a little bit of an upgrade here. What's your take on, on the Dome getting a new look, number one? And, and number two, the last game in the Dome, John Wallace having his jersey put up in the rafters, just what that means to you as an alum. Oh, I mean, well, John Wallace, deservingly so. I mean, one of the greatest to ever put on a Syracuse jersey. So, uh, you know, it's definitely expected for him to get his jersey retired. But, um, you know, not only is John an unbelievable basketball player, but an even better person. And, and I'm, uh, you know, pretty lucky to, to call him a friend. And, and I know John pretty well. And just, you know, from hanging out with him, you know, off the court, one of the, you know, best people that you'll meet, you know, a real genuine guy. Um, so I'm definitely deserving, de- deserving of, of uh, you know, a Jersey retirement. Um, you know, as far as the uh, the dome goes, you know, I think it was time for some changes. Obviously, as we go forward, you, you, you kind of want to ramp it up and, and renovate it, make it feel a little bit newer to try to keep up with, uh, you know, what all the other universities are doing. So I think it's great that, uh, you know, Syracuse is, is making this change and, um, from what I've heard, everything is going to be, uh, you know, pretty awesome looking. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what it looks like when it gets done. I just hope the Internet works in there now, Eric. That's what I hope for. <laughs> I need to figure that out for sure. <laughs> I do have one fan comment here before I let you go. Uh, Dave Brooks sent in here. Has Eric ever been asked to see, to teach another player to play with a little more attitude like he did? Love his fire. So have you ever – this question coming from Dave, have you ever been asked to – kind of push another player to have a little attitude, a little swagger, a little fire like you did? Oh, all the time. I mean, people come up to me all the time and, you know, to, hey, can you instill your toughness? And But it's, it's tough to, you know, teach a player that, right? It's kind of something that you already have that you're born with. I mean, you could, uh, you know, you could kind of let them know in situations, you know, how to approach it. But I think you, you really just have to have that in you, man. It, it's something that's kind of in your personality, you know? Um, so you can't, re- I don't know if you can really teach a player that, um, you can kind of talk to him about it, but you know, for me, I think it's just something that's already in your personality that you have to have. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been approached about it before and, um, you know, I, I do the best I can, but again, I think it's something that is in your personality. Yeah. Coming from Eric Devendorf, that fire that we saw in Eric, you know, we, it's tournament time where, you know, we get excited about it, but Nothing's like the Garden. Nothing's like Syracuse UConn. Nothing's like you standing on top of the scores table. I know people ask you about it all the time. I know that they wear the shirts and all that. But one of the greatest moments in in Syracuse Orange men's basketball history. And I think that that picture of you, even though that shot ultimately didn't count and you had to go into overtime and continue to play OT, I think that that's, you know, for a shot that didn't end up counting, it's probably one of the greatest moments in history and pictures in history. How do you deal with, with that, where it's like you're one of the most notable shots is one that they ultimately didn't count? Well, I mean, I, people come up to me all the time about it. I, I say, you know, you wouldn't be coming up to me if the shot counted. <laughs> you know, we, we, we wouldn't even be talking about it. So, uh, you know, I'm happy it turned out how it did. It was it was the setup for the drama. Um, and, and what a setup, you know, um, to be able to have that moment 
in the garden against your rival on ESPN. Uh, you know, pretty grateful, and, and it's a pretty incredible thing to have experienced. And then, uh, you know, obviously to go, you know, into six overtimes, what what could be arguably, you know, the greatest college basketball game of all time, and to be able to be a part of that, uh, you know, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. Absolutely, and, and fans will always remember that. And the good thing about uh, you is that they don't have to always remember you. You're here in our community and continue to do great things. So they get to see you while they remember everything that you've done and continue to do. So, I mean, Eric, I, I don't know how to put it all into, you know, one tied up ribbon here, but you've done so much for our community. You've done so much for, you know, people outside of our community. You continue to care and it really means a lot. And for someone who was born and raised in Syracuse and has bled orange my entire life, I don't really know how to adequately thank you for caring as much as you do and for not even being from here, but essentially to be an honorary member of the Syracuse community and, and, and essentially being from here just in the way that you act. So I don't know how to say thank you adequately, but I think I, I, think I joined the community in, in thanking you for not only playing for Syracuse, but for raising your children and for being a good father and, and for trying to help people that really don't have a voice. I think that that goes such a long way, and, and I don't really know if we'll ever be able to thank you enough for what you do for the community. Well, I appreciate you, Dan. That, that means a lot. And, um, you know, I think it's just something that, you know, I'm supposed to do. And, you know, it makes me feel good helping other people, and um, that's what I'm continue to do. So I really appreciate that. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch, and I look forward to talking with you soon and obviously continue prayers for Ozzy, and thank you for what you did there. And I look forward to catching up with you in just a little bit. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. All right, man. Take care.